0: You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3.
1: Well, promises, they ground us and there are purpose behind every single promise that God gave. We're taking a look at five Old Testament promises and how Christ fulfilled them through promises kept. Old Testament Covenants and How Christ Fulfilled Them is the book that Courtney Reisig has written, and she's joining us this morning. Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. I know you've written this Bible study uh, for us, and it's called Promises Kept. But what made you be so interested in really not only reading the Old Testament, but studying its covenants? What was the draw for you? Uh,
2: Well, the first, when I became a Christian in college, my dad encouraged me to read when I was trying to figure out how to read the Bible, he said, just read it, start in Genesis and read it all the way through, which is kind of how he did it. And so I I did that. And if you've ever tried to read the Bible like a book, uh, it's a little confusing at times. And so you, you get through Levit- Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. And I started having a ton of questions when I got to the book of Judges because the book of Judges is very confusing and has people killing each other and people um, just doing really horrible things. And I remember asking him, what is going on? I don't understand. Why Why is this in the Bible? And I think a lot of people get to certain parts of the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament, and they say, why is this in the Bible? I never knew it was there before. And so I w- became really interested in studying the Old Testament. And then when I went to seminary, I went to seminary after college, and I took some classes in Old Testament and some classes in, in hermeneutics, like Bible interpretation, And that's when I started to see that the Bible didn't stand—the books of the Bible, like the book of Judges or um, the book of Ruth, don't stand in isolation of the larger whole, but they actually fit together in one big story. And in the Old Testament in particular, the, the covenants and the events of the Old Testament are moving the story forward. And then they find their fulfillment in Christ when you get into the New Testament. And so if you don't have a good grasp of those covenants and the events that happen in the Old Testament, you're not going to be able to make sense of what's going on in the New Testament. And I think a lot of people, we read the New Testament because it's encouraging, it's about Jesus, and we we miss the richness of the New Testament because we don't have a good grasp of the Old.
0: You know, you've said the word story a few times. We're not talking fairy tales. (laughs) We're talking story. Why do these stories matter? That's how you start the book, basically, about why they matter. So why why did you start yeah. there?
2: Yeah, so I uh, I started the book talking about um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and if you don't understand what's going on, then you kind of get lost mm-hmm. in, in the story. So if you don't watch them in order or understand what's happening, you get lost. And that's kind of how the Bible is so much more than that. And so the Bible is is one big story that God's writing for his people about how he's redeeming a people for himself from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And so if you don't understand that he's writing the story and that he's the hero of the story and that he's authored the story, uh, then you miss what what God's doing, not only in the world, but also in your own life. Because what I try to do in the study is connect that we are part of that story if we're trusting in Christ. So Christ has come to redeem this people for himself and all of that's happening in the old Testament stories are our stories too, because in particular you see in the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis um, 15 and 17, and you see that um, Abraham is promised that he will have a son who will, who will be a blessing to all the nations? And you see that in, in that story, that that actually does never happen in Abraham's life. He has Isaac, and then Isaac has has one son, and then he has two sons, and then it continues to go on. And it's very small. But in Christ, Christ is that that promised son. who's the blessing to all the nations. And and many of us, I I'm not Jewish, and so I'm not part of that Jewish lineage. But I'm brought in through Christ uh, to be a part of that heritage. And um, I'm part of that that, that na- those nations that are blessed because of that. And so it helps us make sense of who we are and what story, because we're all living in the story. We just don't always realize that.
1: Yeah, and I love how you said that he's really the hero of the story. Sometimes when we yes. read scripture, we're reading it, okay, what's my, um, you know, word of inspiration for the day? Or, you know, what's that uh, verse that I can tack onto a poster or post on social media? And There's nothing wrong with that, but what you're saying, it's right. so much richer than that.
2: Right. And I I think there's nothing obviously wrong with that at all, um, because the Bible is one thing. I'm in a Bible study at my church right now that um, our pastor's wife is teaching and she's teaching through Isaiah. And she's often brings up the double prophecies that are happening in Isaiah. And what I think is really helpful is understanding that the Bible, that God is so big and so powerful that he can make the Bible do two things at once. So he can have it be individually encouraging to us in the, in the moment so that verse, that's an encouragement to us, but then also always recognizing that he's always doing something bigger for his corporate people in his word. And so I think that there's, I think we in the American church in the West do a really good job of finding that personal encouragement, but also recognizing that there's something far bigger going on, that he's doing more with the word than just meeting our personal needs. He's meeting the corporate needs of, of, of the whole world um, and those who trust in him. And so he can do multiple things at once with this word because it's living and active and it's always able uh, to do multiple things.
0: So you've got in here the, you know, there's the covenant for Abraham and Adam and, and David and Moses. I don't see one in there for Eric or or Bridget or or Courtney. How how do we relate to these covenant? Do they relate for us, I guess?
2: Oh, absolutely. The uh when you think of the so the Abrahamic covenant obviously relates to us and that we're part of that blessing of the nations, but then you think of um the Mosaic covenant and they were given to a specific people. Um, but we we are that people. We are the the the, the church. The, um, and you see that fulfilled all the way to so the new covenant. You go all the way forward, and we talk about the new covenant in, one, in the last in the fifth week. Um, but the new covenant is where where the promise in Jeremiah of I will make a new covenant with you, and I put my Spirit in you, and and you will no longer um, um, be worried about these external things. But it's going to be inside of you, and you're going to be able to obey. And then you see when Jesus. Um, in the upper room before he dies at the Passover says, the final Passover essentially, Julian says, um, this is a new covenant in my blood. And the, that's the, the launch of the church, because from that point forward, the church is the one who is, we, we take communion, we take the Lord's Supper, we, we remember his death uh, until he comes. And th- we, are, we are grafted into that through Christ and we are a part of that family. And so when we read of all these other covenants, they are our story, but I think sometimes we miss that because we we think only in the immediate. And so we think, um, whatever's happening right now or whatever's happened in the in the very recent past, like a hundred years, but God is is he plays the long game and so he takes thousands and thousands of years, hundreds of years to fulfill his promises. But that doesn't mean that we're not part of what happened a hundred years ago, that we're grafted in through Christ because we're a part of that story. And the when you think of even the Davidic covenant, which I is I think a, a word for our day of, of this, this king who will rule rightly over the nations. And David wasn't that king. He wasn't he, he wasn't able to do what God expected the king to do. Um and, and we see that and then he died. And Jesus is the better king, the one who who rules on David's throne. And and when we live in a a day and age where we we feel like we can't trust our leaders, um, trusting in the one true king um, who's going to one day make all things right and rule everything justly is, is a real encouragement to us.
1: It sure is. We're we're talking with Courtney Resig, who's the author of "Promises Kept: These Five Old Testament Covenants and How Christ Fulfilled Them." You talked about the Adamic covenant, if I'm saying that pro- correctly, the um, the yeah. Abraham covenant, the Moses covenant, the David, the New Covenant, and you kind of answered my next question in your last response. But how do these covenants help us relate to our Heavenly Father and to others? And how does that impact our interactions today?
2: yeah the when you think of I've been really struck by this past since I've written the Bible study and thought about it a lot more of how God plays the long game with with us and then with also humanity and so you see these these promises so the the covenants also came with stipulations and so if you didn't follow the covenant if you didn't obey God then then God was going to um, going to deal with you in your disobedience and but he didn't do it in the immediate, and so he spent years and years and years of, of patience with his people and then finally dealt with them. And so I think all of us are living in a, in a world with unanswered prayers and unanswered um, and unanswered questions. And so when we think of that God is um, not slow to keep his promises, as some count slowness, as the scriptures say, um, but that he, he deals with people and deals with situations on his timetable, and it's always for our good. And then when you see that he, he made these promises to his people, and then some of them died in faith waiting for those promises to be, to be kept, but they were still kept. And we have the benefit of hindsight and being able to look at all of how he's kept his promises. Then we can trust him for the future, because we know that he's never, he has kept every single one of his promises to his people. How much more will he keep his promises to us? Because we're all still waiting mm-hmm. for him to return. We're waiting for him to answer individual prayers. We're waiting for him to return to make all things right. And that allows us to trust him because we see how he's kept his promises in the past.
0: So this is a six-week Bible study. You go through five different covenants. Is there one that Mm -hmm. you wish was a month-long study? Is there one that really hits you hard?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think probably the—I think I would like to spend more time on the New Covenant because I would like to flesh out how it plays out in the New Testament probably Mm -hmm. more. Um, but the Davidic covenant, I think, is—I would like to flesh out more of seeing um, more of the fulfillment of him in in in, in Christ. But I think it's probably the new covenant of being able to flesh out what that looks like as new covenant people.
1: Yeah. Well, this is th- this Courtney. I believe this this six-week Bible study that doesn't seem very, very long as I look at it in comparison, but yet so deep as we take a look at the covenants and His faithfulness. What do you hope as we wrap up the six weeks that we would take away from it?
2: Yeah, so one of the ways it's laid out as well is that it gives you opportunity to spend time in the text of Scripture, and so it has kind of those inductive questions that serve, interpret, apply. And so I would hope that you would get a grasp of God's story in the Old Testament and how it's fulfilled in Christ. I mean, obviously that would be the, the primary goal, but also I would, I would hope that people would walk away with um, confidence in studying the scriptures for themselves and with, with tools, with better questions to ask of the text. Uh, with with an with an ability to to then not stop there, but to continue to go further, so that when they open the Bible, they know how to ask good questions of the text. They have confidence that they can that they're not going to get to the Book of Judges and be confused. So they're going to be able to ask those questions and and understand context and and genre and all the different things that help um, make Bible Bible study really rich.
0: You know, one of the things we didn't even get to, we don't have time for it, but the difference between a contract and a covenant, if you uh, go yeah. to our website, there is a link to an excerpt. and You can see that. I think that's really important as we, we think in our Western mind, we think contracts so often, and that's not sure. what we're talking about here. It's a covenant. It's a, There's a difference there. And I think that's an important difference for us to grasp. And you can see that if you go to that example there. I think it's very, very helpful.
1: Oh, so rich as we study God's word, it transforms our hearts and our minds. And we're closer to him and closer being like him. And this Bible study is going to help us do that. It's called Promises Kept. We've got a link to it and an excerpt when you go to ericandbridget.org.
0: Courtney, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Even through all of our our issues, you did great. So thank you so much. (laughs)
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.